everyone, and welcome to the Simation Podcast. I'm your new host, Dr. Evan, and our guest today is a previous podcast host, Doc Jake. It seems a little odd to welcome you to the program since you've been doing it and you helped launch this about two years ago, but welcome nonetheless. Well, thank you. Yeah, it, it is odd. Uh, we, we did literally switch chairs for this. I'm literally in the guest chair. Um, it looks different on this side of the room. So we discussed briefly during the previous episode of the Sioux Nation podcast. Yeah, I think our listeners would maybe be interested in uh, learning a little bit more about your new position and the direction you're, you're going to be taking. Sure. Well, what I'm going to do is I'm leaving Sioux Nation to go work for South Dakota State University in their professional program in veterinary medicine. Now, there, there's a lot of confusion about what, what is this professional program in veterinary medicine? What does it do? What does it mean? And I'm, uh, we had uh, Dr. Jesse Juarez on the program last year that explained it more fully. So by all means, if you want to know more about the ins and outs of the program, she's the person to listen to that podcast that she was on, I should say. But in the short version of what it is, it is a program where veterinary students do the first two years of their education at South Dakota State University, and then they will finish the next two years of their education at the University of Minnesota. So basically, when you think about vet school, and we, we discussed your path to veterinary medicine in the last podcast, uh, in vet school, there's a lot of tracks to get there. The general track is to get a bachelor's degree, which takes four years, and then go to veterinary school itself, which takes another four years, though you did not do that, which saved a lot of time. When you go to vet school, it's a, it's a regiment that there's four years. For, you know, we call ourselves first year, second year, third year, and fourth year students. Now, there's different things that are focused on in those different years. First two years that will be at South Dakota State are more of just the, the general knowledge level courses. Basically, what's everything called? How does it work normally? And then we get into, in the second year, how can it start to work abnormally? So in particular, my role then will be teaching large animal medicine. We get a rope horses in there too. So large animal medicine, large animal surgery, and preventative medicine. That's my initial uh, course load for this next year. So with that, we're going to go into, and I, I do this in conjunction with the teacher that's over at University of Minnesota. The students at the program, they'll be at South Dakota State. There's a cohort of 20. And those 20 then will be taking the same courses that you would take over at the University of Minnesota. And then they will transition that third year over to the University of Minnesota to finish out their doctorate of veterinary medicine. Now, I'm familiar with this because this is actually how I went to vet school. This type of program was piloted with Iowa State University and the University of Nebraska. I was third class through at the University of Nebraska where we did the first two years in Lincoln, and then we went to Ames for the last two years. Oh, cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. So that's this is a, a bit of kind of a full circle for me in that I was not the very first, but part of the beginning of this whole idea of a program. And now here I am going to teach at a program that is just starting up to do the same concept. That's awesome. Like we talked about before, you've been doing this podcast for, for two years. What initially motivated you to want to be part of this project. It was a really interesting and unique project. And, and what's probably not known by the listening audience is the timeliness of it was accidentally fortuitous. We started this in January of 2020 at a time period when we thought it was just going to be a regular old podcast. Now, obviously, January of 2020, we all had very different ideas about how the world was going to look. So as this moved into the COVID era, it became an excellent vehicle to reach producers that we weren't reaching the way we normally would. 
you know, as, as you remember yourself, it was a time when we wanted to maintain contact with our producers, but we wanted to do it in a way that minimized the person-to-person contact. This is where this project actually kind of moved more in that direction because of the circumstances we were placed in. You know, initially, it was like, you know, this will be nice. You know, podcasts are a thing. They're becoming more of a thing. But it became a vehicle by which we could actually communicate a lot of the information that we wanted to communicate in a way that we could do it in that COVID era. I remember it was really difficult because for myself, anyway, trying to to go see birds that might be sick and or that at least weren't, maybe they weren't sick, but they weren't growing the way they should and trying to plan out how to communicate to the grower and how, you know, people didn't really necessarily want you out there, but at the same time, they also didn't want to lose any birds or lose performance. So it got to be, I remember planning out visits where I would go into the barn, walk the birds and then get in my truck and sit at the end of the driveway and call the producer while they were at their house. So there was just no human contact and so there was some kind of forethinking and foresight in there. We probably got to thank our marketing department for getting the ball rolling on this. Yeah. Talk to our marketing department, ask him, so how about this stock market? Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, this was really great. This is great foresight. But could you have given us a little foresight, you know, on some other stuff too? That'd have been awesome. What is probably the best one or two experiences you've had hosting the show? Hmm. You know, that's a very interesting question because this time being a host on this program has allowed me to interact with a very diverse group of people. We had people on the program that were representatives that sold very specific products, you know, down to things like this was the an example of a very good disinfectant. This is an example of a very good dewormer. And then we had that all the way to people that started their own bee farm, an apiary, and it just is, it's so eclectic. So it's hard to just narrow down, oh, it's this specific one or that specific one, because I really enjoyed that this program has been an eclectic program. It has moved. It has changed quite a bit. Uh, The topics change quite a bit, I should say. The formats remain the same, but the topics keep changing. But, you know, within that, there are a couple that really stick out. I would say one of those was the one that we did at Dakota Fest, I did that with Dr. Liz Graber, and we just basically shared vet stories. Now, the, the downside was it was really windy that day, so unfortunately our audio quality wasn't at the level that we liked, but the content was a lot of fun, just being able to talk about, well, this is what happened when this went wrong, and this is what happened when that went because, you know, it's veterinarian. We, basically, we're around when things go wrong, <laughs> yeah. so that's, yep. that's the nature of our job. And when things go really wrong, it can be, it's not funny at the time. But it's funny when you look backwards a lot of times. So, so when we talked about, you know, kind of the things you liked, what are some of the challenges of hosting this show? Yeah, I'd say the biggest challenge was because of COVID. See, when we started, we were doing all the podcasts in person because that gives you your best audio quality. And when you have a conversation with someone in person, you feel more comfortable, you can feel very candid. And if you are unsure, because there's there's a lot of folks that are hesitant to be broadcast publicly, and I understand. And so it's easier to put them at rest in person. Well, COVID hits. We have all these guests lined up. They're like, well, can we call in? It's like, well, yeah, you can call in. And the trouble is, is there's the technical side. You know, there's the audio quality, and we know it, you know, uh, but we've gotten used to it in the post-COVID world of hearing call-ins because that's kind of become the norm. But the other part about it was I'm don't have a background in conducting interviews. I, I've learned from this how difficult Barbara Walters' job was because you think it's very simple 
to have a conversation with someone, to learn more about what they're doing, but to have a conversation with someone and have them elicit the information that is not only important, but engaging is a whole nother skill set that I didn't have before I came onto this and, and took on this project. And so doing that while on the phone was a whole nother level. Because in person, you can have, like you and I right now, you can you get the nonverbal cues to see where you're engaged, where you're not engaged. And you can, you know, to be perfectly honest, there's certain things you can do, like, you know, that you don't see or hear, I should say, on on the microphone, you know, like, hey, we, we probably need to speed this up to keep it, you know, roughly 20 minutes, otherwise it's going to take forever, right? You can't do that on the phone. And so that was the biggest challenge. How do you make this an entertaining, engaging program when you have to run it over the telephone almost all the time. And that loosened up, thank goodness, over the, the course of the program. But even till today, and now, now we're in the post-COVID environment, the, the standard is to call. I mean, it's more convenient. We don't, you don't have to come all the way to Sioux Falls, especially for the folks that are a long ways away. It's very much more convenient. We can bring in expertise that before we would normally have to wait till they came to Sioux Falls and then make it work in their schedule. Now, we just, they just call in, you know, so we've, we have guests from all over the country, but then being able to do that over the phone, it, it, that was probably my biggest challenge with this, I would say. So taking that one step further, what are, what's some advice you might want to give me on the air about hosting this show going forward? I've thought about this before we've had our conversation today, because there's a lot of things that I did in order to make this program work well for me. But by the same token, I'd hate to to kind of put an honest on for your end to to make it so that it's just a 2.0 version rather than making it your host of the program. And so to a certain extent, I don't want to put too much out there because that takes away, I think, from what really makes a program successful, which is the individuality. And that's what I think I'd probably say would be the best advice I could give is that making it your own, making it your own flavor, your own little catchphrases, you know, as, as I always begin in the program the same way, uh, that's, that brings that familiarity to the audience and familiarity with the host so that they're like, oh yeah, that's Doc Evan. Hear his voice. You know, it, I'm not comparing myself in any way, shape or form to Paul Harvey. However, that was another person that I would have, that I thought about when I was doing this. You had things about Paul Harvey that can never be replicated. And now the rest of the story. You know, that thing is, in, 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 there's a generation that will never understand why it gives so many of the rest of us like this instant memory. So yeah, I would say just be bold to blaze your own path with it. And that way it keeps its uniqueness. Yeah, that makes sense. Giving it a little bit of uh, your own spin and, and make it your own. It makes it more comfortable. makes it a little more easier, mm-hmm. a little more easy, I should say, to, uh, to be successful. Is there anything else you'd like to say before we sign off on your final show? I guess there's only one thing I could say to the listening audience right now. Y'all take care, folks. Awesome. Well, uh, everyone listening, uh, hopefully you found something useful. And if you haven't found something useful, at least you find us interesting. This is Doc Evans signing off.